Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. Folks, Renaissance just got named one of the top 10 banks in the United States, not just Georgia, not just the Southeast, but the United States, as surveyed by Forbes magazine. Now, if you want to understand why that happened and you'd like to know maybe or experience a a better situation for your business as it relates to your bank, maybe you ought to try Renaissance. So what I'd encourage you to do is go to renaissancebank.com to find out more and uh, be in touch with one of their local offices. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Steve Markfeld. Steve is with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services of Georgia. Steve, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you. Let's talk about you and how you're serving folks out there. Tell us about uh, your work at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Well, I'm an independent contractor, a realtor, and I help people purchase and sell their homes. Uh, I stick strictly to the residential end of real estate and do not deal with commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a rewarding business. Uh, almost always, it's uh, an exciting, uh, happy occasion. Occasionally, uh, due to death or divorce, there are some sad occasions, mm-hmm. but I do my best to address that to keep people at ease throughout the transactions. So let's talk about your background. I mean, what in, in your career trajectory, what got you into real estate? Well, interesting. I had um, a friend who recommended investment property in real estate. Uh, one of my best friends was in real estate for quite some time. So I learned a lot from her just listening to her um, on phone calls and obsessing about how she did her business. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't work the area I was looking. So I went out with a, an agent and looked at some rental properties to purchase. And I was very underwhelmed with the service. I said to my wife, I could do this better myself. <laughs> so I decided to get my license just to represent us to buy some rental property. Oh, okay. That was the beginning. Yep. <laughs> you have to keep your license with a broker. So I affiliated with um, Berkshire, um, actually it was Prudential, um, Douglas Elliman Real Estate up in New York where I started. Mm-hmm. And uh, little by little people got the wind that I, you know, I was in business. And I said, oh, you think you could help me? Sure. So little by little I was doing that. Um, my prior career, which I was still involved with, was I was a psychotherapist. Mm. Um I had, over the years, many years, done anything you could think of in the field from working in a psychiatric hospital, outpatient clinics. I was clinical director of a drug rehab. Oh, wow. In uh, the last 18 years of my um, professional mental health work, I was working in a high school uh, where I brought all the other experiences together to help students with their problems. Plus, I had a private practice on the side. So I was doing that. And um, got involved in real estate kind of part-time mm-hmm. and realized that I was getting burnt out because the only way to effectively help people with their emotional issues is to plug your gut into theirs. 
So uh, I was getting overwhelmed with that, and I thought I needed time for, for a change. Yeah. So I gotcha. shifted from that into real estate full-time. Wow. So, and this was about when? I mean, when did you go full-time, Steve? 18 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I actually got my license in 2004. Okay. Were you in North Fulton all no, that time? Or no. it, you, At that you, point, I was in um, Long Island, New York. Okay. Suburbs similar to North Fulton. Um, and started, you know, working there. Um, it's very intense because it's a very large population to work with. Yeah. And very diverse and very wide range in uh, price point. Right, right. What brought you to North Fulton? And what, what keeps you in North Fulton? I love it here. Um, yeah. I was tired of the winter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, we have winter here, but this is reasonable winter. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how careful I was, I would fall down the ice every year. <laughs> because up there i'm i'm laughing knowingly uh i'm good at falling too okay. but, yeah. Yeah. up there you could have uh, two inch thick ice on the ground and people go to work yeah uh, so i was showing houses and snowstorms and all kinds of stuff mm. so um that was that was a piece of it mm-hmm. um our niece and nephew live here uh, and we've been down to visit a number of times always enjoyed our time here and just one time went looking at houses just for fun. Well, you know, let's just see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Well, we were very impressed. That was August. We went home, listed our house, sold it in three weeks, and moved down here in December because it takes a long time to close a house in New York. Mm. <clears throat> wow. And uh, and just to be clear, I keep saying North Fulton. You really work across the North Atlanta area, well, correct? I go far and wide. Okay. My business is... Almost exclusively by referral. Uh-huh. So people who know me uh, personally, business-wise, uh, have been referring me. I've actually sold homes in 12 counties in the metro Atlanta area. Oh, wow. Okay. I would say my home territories in you know, the northern suburbs. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. So I happen to know you call yourself the, the house therapist, <laughs> because which is, of course, a play on your background. But uh, what, what is it about home ownership? That re- and uh, the process of buying and selling a home that may require therapy. Okay. Um, we'll start with sellers. Okay. People who are selling their home, for the most part, have lived there some time. Mm-hmm. They have a history. Raised their family there. Some of them still have the um, marks on the wall where they measured their children as mm-hmm. a crew. Sure. Uh, so there's a lot of emotion and a lot of history there. So to sell a house is a big deal. Because uh, now they're making a major shift. Some are doing it because they're excited and they're making a move that's appealing to them. Some are doing it because they have a need where their circumstances have changed. Either economically they can't afford the house they're in, or maybe physically <clears throat> there are stairs involved and they need um, to be on one level. Mm-hmm. There are many, many different factors. So there's a lot of varying adjustments emotionally to making a shift in housing. On the buyer side, that's a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody threw you a surprise party, you'd walk in there and go, surprise. Well, it gets your heart rate up. You start to sweat a little bit. It's the same sensation you have if you're anxious. So people are excited, but they're also anxious. And I've literally explained this to people and see them physically relax, uh, understanding that it's, it's a complicated dynamic. Right. So I, I bring that in my background to, to the forefront to use in helping people feel at ease 
uh, understanding their emotional stress and, and addressing it because you can't ignore the elephant in the room. Mm. Yeah, because uh, this is not a tr- – people go to the grocery store every week, so they know what happens every week at the grocery store, uh, and, and they're familiar with those changes over time, but not so with real estate, particularly your primary residence. Yes. As you say, you, you, you've uh, been there a while, and that process – or the best way to sell that home may have changed. Well, that is true. Uh, you have sellers who have sold you know homes in the past, but they haven't done it lately. Mm-hmm. Things change. Yeah, um, and that's pretty constant. Uh, which changes? It varies year to year, sometimes month to month. Uh, so I stay on top of that so that I can educate people so they understand what to expect. I try to give as much information as possible so there's as few surprises as possible. And let's talk about the buying side. So the buyers and now why they need a house therapist. Yep. Well, as I started to say, you know, it's, it's an exciting experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've dealt with first time home buyers. I've dealt with people who are buying their 12th home. Mm-hmm. It, it really varies, but in every circumstance, they have expectations about what is involved in purchasing a home. And again, depending on the market, um, they may feel they have a, a, a strong case because they're in a buyer's market. If they're in a seller's market, they have to readjust and be competitive in, in how they go about buying a home. Uh, so there's a lot to it. It is usually the largest transaction that anyone does in their life. Mm. Uh, whether they're buying a $100,000 home or a million-dollar home, um, based on their budget, it's still a big deal right? Uh, to do that. So they want to feel reasonably secure in making that purchase. And because they're not going to the grocery store every week to buy a house, um, it's, it's, um, on the, and a lot of unknowns involved. Mm-hmm. Folks, we're chatting with Steve Markfeld and Steve is a realtor with Berkshire Hathaway home services, Georgia. Steve, we were talking before we came on uh, the air about, the difference between a real estate agent and a realtor. So let's get to that. Thanks for that question. Mm-hmm. Um, real estate agent is somebody within any particular state that takes the um, courses involved and takes the state exam and passes. And now they have a real estate license so that they can act as an agent to help somebody purchase and sell homes or, you know, commercial property. Mm-hmm. Uh, a realtor is somebody who, associates with the realtor associations. There are local ones, state and federal. So I am a member of the national um, board of realtors as well as the state and local uh, branches. Mm -hmm. The realtors have a code of ethics that they follow. Uh, They were founded in 1913. All real estate law to date has come out of the code of ethics created by the board of realtors. Oh, wow. So give, give some examples on what you would be able to uh, assure folks of when it comes to ethical dealings, because you're uh, a realtor and licensed in that way. Okay. Prior to the realtors forming their organization, Mm -hmm. people could just do anything. Mm -hmm. So they could say anything. Mm. Oh yeah, this house is great. You know, the fact that it's been built on top of a cemetery, not a problem. Toxic dump, not a problem. So 
ethics is very important in giving the facts. Right. So that people can make an educated decision. Mm. So that's one piece. Uh, one very simple example is we use uh, the Georgia Association of Realtors um, contracts, which are very tightly put together. There are very few loopholes in there. And every year they're readjusted to make them even more protective of all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, real estate agents have access if they're willing to pay an extra fee to use those forms. Otherwise, they can use other contracts that are full of holes. If I get a contract from someone who's not a realtor, I will redo it. I will take my time and redo the contract on GAR forms, Georgia Association of Realtor forms, to make sure that everybody is protected. Uh, I was a professional as a mental health person. I'm a professional realtor. Mm-hmm. And I take that very seriously is to make sure that my clients are served well. It is about their needs, not mine. If I take care of their needs, mine will get met, and it should be in that order. That's great. And and th- does my perception is the average person on the street really doesn't understand this difference. This is true. Yeah. I think it's interchangeable. Mm. Yeah. So, in other words, folks need to, as as they look for a real estate professional, they need to look for that designation. That's my bias. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. And how do they know that? I mean, you, you've got it listed in your uh, communications, but how do people know that? They would have to ask or they, you know, they could look it up online. Yeah. Um, Some companies insist on all the agents being realtors. Mm Mm-hmm. Mine being one of those. So Berkshire Hathaway, yes. I was going to get to that. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services insist on that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, why Berkshire Hathaway Home Services? I mean, why you could be with any number of yes. real estate companies. Why that one? This is true. Uh, as a, an agent, mm-hmm. realtor or not, you have to keep your license with a broker unless you're your independent broker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I came from New York... I was with a Prudential affiliate up there, and I went to Prudential Georgia Realty here. Uh, that's not why. It wasn't because it was Prudential, although I got to use old shirts that said Prudential. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the important part was I interviewed with a number of the large companies here uh, because I value having a team to work with me. Mm-hmm. I could work on my own, but I'd much rather have a team. So I looked at Prudential Georgia Realty, and saw that they provided a, a lot of service for my clients in, in uh, marketing properties, as well as a lot of education for me. Mm. And it's coming to a new state, especially. I mean, I'm big into learning ongoing anyway, but mm-hmm. coming to a new state, I needed to learn how things were done here. So I went with Prudential Georgia, and they turned out to be better than I thought. So I was very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the culture in the office was that people were all very helpful, even though technically we compete with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone just helps each other. Everyone has their own strengths, and we um, offer supports to each other. So that, in addition to the formal education that they provide, was a no-brainer. Warren Buffett agreed that this was a really good company. <laughs> so he bought it. He knows a thing or two, I think. Yeah. So that's how I got to um, – you know, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Georgia Properties was when Warren took it over. You know, I wish he would have made a shorter name, but nonetheless. 
<laughs> well, well, uh, that Berkshire Hathaway is getting to be a brand name. I think people yeah, now they're they're sure. finally associating that with uh, yep. Warren Buffett, right? Yes. Um, so let's let's get back to um, I guess the therapy piece of it. What okay. what do um, and let's start with sellers. What what do sellers need to do to prepare for selling their home? Okay. Um, and again, this is general. They yeah. need to. They need to depersonalize. I've seen houses that are sterile. Everything's been removed. That's, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, you know, people have a lot of, you know, family pictures up on the walls. Um, those should be put away. Um, religious, uh, information doesn't matter which religion, mm-hmm. uh, just it's personal. So they should be put away. Mm-hmm. Uh, having some decorative items around the house is important. You want to have accents in the house but you want it to be as neutral as possible. So people come in, they can imagine themselves living in this house. They see your family photographs. They say, oh, no, that's not my family. Right. Um, so they can come in and, and see the house in that way. Uh, it's important to have the house orderly as well. There are people who have sold, I've gone into houses that were for sale and, um, you, you wonder like, what were they thinking? Because the, the house is a mess. Uh, everything's scattered all over the place. It's mm-hmm. dirty. Um, it, it doesn't show well. Mm. Will it sell? Yes. And depending on the market, how quickly it'll sell. Will it get top dollar? No. Yeah. It will not. Uh, so you want things to be neat, clean, orderly, accented, but not personalized. You, you know, the the when you talk about depersonalizing, there's a physical aspect to that, which is what you described. Mm-hmm. There's a mental aspect to that too, right? Yes, there is. I mean, because this is your baby, you've lived in it for 20 years or whatever, and maybe you don't see all the the nicks and cuts and uh, yes. problems, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I kind of take it for granted, the emotional part, because <laughs> yeah. I'm always dealing with that. Sure. Uh, yes, uh, I will go through the house with my eye and because I work with sellers and buyers, it gives me an advantage because I can go in with my buyer's eye mm-hmm. and say, well, this is what buyer's going to be looking at. Uh, and I always tell my sellers, you want their eyes to flow. You want them to look at the house and not stop at a nick in the wall or, um, you know, stains on the carpet or things like that. So you want them to be an even flow. So right. it needs to be paid attention to, but there is the, the other emotional piece that they need to be prepared for ahead of time. Mm-hmm. This is a business transaction. There are times people will get a price that they're not happy with and they take it very personally. Um, and I have to explain, and I try to explain to them ahead of time so they're prepared for that um, because it is easy. I sold a house last year. The people were in the house for 52 years. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. A long time. Yeah. yeah. And um, so they had a, a lot tied to that house. Sure. Um, and it was, a, it was a big deal to move. Mm-hmm. So buyers, how should they prepare for the process of buying a home, whether it's first time or a, a, another home up, you know, upsizing, downsizing, what have you. Yep. Uh, they need to have all their ducks in a row. As I say, uh, they will need to have their financing lined up ahead of time. It's not just speaking to a lender and, or saying, oh, I know how much I could get. I know what the interest rates are uh, because 
it's surprising. There are details that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So whether they're paying cash, if they're paying cash, they need to have the money available in funds that are easily accessible, and they have to be prepared with a document that shows that they have the funds to move forward with a cash deal. If they're getting a mortgage, they need to have a pre-approval. There are pre-qualification letters that you get, which means that you've told the lender what your income is and what your debt-to-income ratio is and all this, but a pre-approval, they've looked at the documents. Mm-hmm. So it's not just your word. And maybe you left something out and you forgot. Right. So they make sure they have all the information. So the pre-approval you know, says, yes, these people can move forward. Plus they need to know what they're looking for in a house. Um, so to be as close as possible to what is important to them, what would they like and what do they need? There are differences. Mm. And I ask a lot of questions to come to that. And sometimes there are adjustments made as we're looking through the process. Uh, and I always ask people for feedback after each house uh, that we look at, uh, you know, what are the pros and cons? How many homes should someone look at before they make a decision? <laughs> well, it, it varies and it mm-hmm. varies in the, depending on the time, what's going on in the market. Right. On average over the years, I would say 12. Okay. Um, had one case, I do not recommend it, went through 50 houses. They were moving from another country here, and I went out with the husband looking at houses, and the wife was looking at it online. Uh, but they were coming from another country, and they, they were very insecure, and we did that, but we did that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, allotted enough time for that. Uh, there are times where people look at two or three houses. Personally, I looked at a house, uh, our first house that we bought, and uh, first house we saw, loved it. So we can't buy it. This is the first house. <laughs> and it was a very slow time in the market. We ended up looking at many houses. Mm. And we ended up, came back and bought the first house we saw. Wow. So, and, and what I kind of hear you saying there, it, it really depends on what's going on in the market as yes. well. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where you come in to be able to advise folks yes. on how quickly they ought to be prepared to move. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Steve, I'm, there's a lot of folks out there that are DIYers, do-it-yourselfers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they like to think that they can sell a house, save on commission, or they can buy on their own, and uh, they don't really need a real estate uh, professional. Talk to those folks on why it's important to have okay. someone like you on their side. Well, to be totally objective, there are some people who can sell their house on their own, if all the planets are lined up right and the market is in the right place. But they're gambling because do they really know what their home is worth? Uh, they can go on you know, certain sites. I won't mention names, but there are sites that will give you prices that are inaccurate, to put it mildly. Uh, so they don't really know from that. They can speak to a neighbor who said, oh, I sold my house for X number of dollars. Well, maybe they did, and maybe they just said they did. <laughs> Uh, so getting accurate information as part, as far as sale price is one piece, uh, sale, uh, saving on commission. If you happen to have a friend or relative or neighbor who wants to buy the house and you just connect great, you know, independent of the price. Sure. Uh, that's nice. But if you're dealing with buyers coming in, most of them have agents. So that commission, you're only saving half. However, 
the buyers who are looking at what are called FISBOs for sale by owners mm-hmm. are also looking to save on that commission because they know there's no listing agent. Mm-hmm. So you have both sides trying to negotiate for that piece. So everybody's looking to save money. On top of that, people who are selling on their own don't understand all the dynamics of the contract uh, or the follow-through that has to go on beyond the meeting of minds and agreement to, to go through with the purchase mm-hmm. or sale. Uh, so there's a lot to it. And then there's all the emotional pieces um, of taking care of all this on your own. And people want to see your house. So there's a sign in the yard. So people just come up to the door at random times and they want to see the house. <laughs> you know, well, maybe you're not ready to show it. <laughs> right. so, so you have nobody uh, guarding the door, so to speak, sure. and, and arranging for appointments. So then you have to go through the phone calls and making the appointments and setting it up and arranging for that. And then also arranging to get feedback about the showings. So all these are pieces that come into play that people don't even think about. Well, and then I know that, that there are some stats out there. I can't quote them, but, but I remember directionally that uh, I've read where if you're trying to sell your home, uh, you get a better price for your house if you are represented, if you have good representation. Yes, this is true. Uh, over again, I'll give you an average over the years because mm-hmm. it, it does vary from year to year. On average, people who sell in Rome get 16% less. Currently, the average commission that's paid out on both sides is 6%. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know there's money there gets left on the table. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, and maybe some folks don't hire a real estate agent because they don't know who to hire. There's so many mm-hmm. um, uh, realtors and real estate agents out there. Yes. Um, so wh- what do you suggest folks do when they're looking for a real estate professional like you to assess? Don't just go online and look up names. Okay. Uh, you want ref- ref- references. You want recommendations from people who know them. Um, there are people who look good on paper who are very good at making themselves look good on paper. And there are people who, you know, uh, are very good at taking care of people's needs. Who not, They don't focus on the marketing for themselves. Mm-hmm. They focus on the marketing for their clients. Mm. Uh, so personal recommendations, very important. And then interviewing people and speaking to them. How do they feel when you speak to them? It's not just what they say, it's also how do you feel. Right. You know, because sometimes uh, there's an awkwardness. Trust your gut. You know, there are plenty of people out there. I don't recommend you interview a ton of people because you drive yourself crazy. But to at least have some sense of you know, uh, a good feeling. Sometimes people go with the, the, actually many times, people go with the first agent they speak with. Yeah. But if they've been recommended by somebody, and then you, you interview the person, and you find out that in interviewing them, yeah, well, I, I see what my friend or relative said about this person. Okay, I'm good. If you're not sure, again, trust your instincts and try again. Yeah. Great advice, folks, from Steve Markfeld. Steve is a realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services of Georgia. So, Steve, this has been great. I can't imagine that there aren't some folks that wouldn't like to know more about you and uh, maybe uh, 
see if you're a fit for them. So let's tell them how they can get in touch. Okay. Uh, they can reach me by calling me or texting me at 678-232-8588. Or they can go to my email, steve.markfeld. My last name is M-A-R-K-F is in Frank, E-L-D is in David, at B-H-H-S, that stands for Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Georgia spelled out, dot com. That's steve.markfeld at B-H-H-S, Georgia dot com. I provide free consultations. Glad to meet with people who would like to know what their home is worth or what it would be like to buy a home. Costs nothing except some of your time. Mm-hmm. Be glad to help. That's great. Steve Markfeld, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Georgia. Steve, this has been very informative. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a quick observation. Have you heard about these team events where folks come back with uh, broken ankles and bruises and so forth? <laughs> you know, and that team event turns out to be not quite as much fun as was planned. Well, if you want a different experience for your corporate team building event, be in touch with Andrew Traub and his team over at ANS Culinary Concepts. Andrew can be reached at 678-336-9196. You can also go to asculinaryconcepts.com. Uh, they have a, an award-winning culinary studio. They do corporate catering. They've got big green egg boot camps, and that's a whole other great story, which uh, I encourage you to listen, uh, hear about because they uh, those are terrific. Um, but they handle these corporate team building events um, and you get to cook together and eat together and it doesn't really get any better than that. Uh, they do a great job with it. Uh, they're in the Johns Creek area on Jones Bridge Road and easy to get to. So if that's something you like to know more about for your team building experience, um, give Andrew a call again, 678-336-9196 and tell him that we sent you. And folks, North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. You can find the show by searching North Fulton Business Radio using that search term on your favorite app. We would love it if you would subscribe to the show and share the show. So if you've heard something here from my interview with Steve that makes you want to share the show with someone else, uh, we'd be grateful for that or really any of our shows because we're in the business of highlighting great business leaders in our community and uh, you can help us help them in celebrating and showcasing their work. So for my guest, Steve Markfeld, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.